0: The episode's so nice, we had to do it twice Oh my god I'm Noah Jansen
1: I'm Eliza Jansen I'm Meg Jansen
0: And this is Twin Picks Oh yeah Gosh, I love movies Twin picks. The show where a pair of actual, real life human twins and me. <laughs> especially <laughs> creepy. Make a double feature out of two movies that share some kind of similarity and decide which one does its job better. Or at least that's what we usually do when we're not doing <coughs>
2: part
1: right two, uh,
0: <coughs> When we're not doing part two of our yearly Twin Picks wrap up. You heard it right. That's the one. So what we um what we did last episode is we we're counting down from our top ten. We did ten to six. Mm-hmm. We talked about our, what else did we talk about? We talked about the most underrated movie of the year. Most the most overrated. overrated movie of the year. We, we heard had our dad's favourite movie of the year. We heard our wonderful dad's favourite movie of the year. Thanks, he was a, Dad. He loved that angry, could not he talk talked about, about Angry Birds. <laughs> He fan. talked about
1: his background as a surfer guy, surfing those big-ass waves.
0: Yeah, I really didn't recognise enough how weird <laughs> the big-ass waves uh, and a surfer boy, Sandy hair, Eric Jansen uh, Dad was. Dad never
1: surfed. I no, th- he says he did. He says he surfed big-ass
3: waves.
0: He said he surfed big-ass waves. He's he literally painted himself <laughs> as like, like the penguins surfer. from Surf's Up. Oh, <laughs> yeah. good
3: movie. Underrated.
0: So now we're in part two, which is the countdown from number five. <laughs> to number 1. Whoa, whoa. We're going to have more special segments, more guest appearances, and it's going to be pretty great. So do we want to just jump into number 5? Yeah. Yes. Let's do it. All
3: right. I might kick things off with my number 5 on my top 10 list. And it's a movie that I spoke about um, in last week's episode. Um, it is mid-90s. I don't really have Whoa, much more to say. It's so That's high. Very, it is. It's very high. It is. I really liked this movie. I really liked it. I,
0: I don't thinking, know what yeah, to tell no, you. No, when you were talking about mid-90s and just when I've heard the rest of your list, I was thinking about how like, I've been quite like, oh, you guys have all these films and I'm like, I really should have seen that. But mm-hmm. then I go, you know what? When I look at how many films I saw, they That's really do just reflect like, our own interest. interests, like well, that's would,
3: literally me. All of mine as well are in the exact same. Yeah, like continent. I saw, they're <laughs> very, very similar. Setting. I was looking
0: at the list of horror movies this week. Yeah, I, I, I saw like the Curse of the Weeping Woman. Like you I saw like, like everything. everything. Yeah. So weird. I mean, yeah, yeah. Anyway. I just saw
3: anything that was yeah, like because just saw, like, a-
0: is so your your. This hundred percent
3: my like thing. Yeah, like I love, I love, I like it. I don't know why. Like I don't. <laughs> it's not as if it's like I. I already touched on this last week, but it's not overly ambitious, which kind of is a pleasant experience. Like you're going into it and, you know, it does have like, you know, the the camaraderie and the friendship and the distance between, um, you know, like as you're growing older, like between siblings and sort of coming from like low to middle class, like a family. It's really um, well, it's a, it's a great um, piece in terms of like how it um, depicts Um, this lifestyle, this like Los Angeles, but not the glamorous Los Angeles that like most movies would have you see. Um, I think that Lucas Hedges is great in this film. He's He's like the, he's the older brother brother and his depiction of like autism or something of like a similar nature. He's on the spectrum to a degree. It's very, very sensitively dealt with and alluded to Hmm. in a really interesting way, and it sort of does initially tempt the idea that he is this villain and a really horrible older brother. But then it comes yeah. very naturally out of the whole, like as the story progressive progresses, you really see like Lucas Hedges get into that, and and I just think he does it in a really sensitive way. I think it was a really standout performance. Um, like I said last week, I. Do think that the I love the kid. He's great, but he's just like too young. <laughs> I think like his name's Sonny Solgic, is it? Yeah. And okay. he was cast like very quickly. Apparently, he's this little like skating protege, and in the film he kisses. Is it Alexa Demi? I don't know. Alexa from Euphoria. I don't know. <laughs> Let me I have check this. No idea. This. Um, but yeah, Alexa Demi. Is Euphoria gonna be your number one? Euphoria is a, TV, it's a TV, show. TV show. Yeah, but.
0: If we were doing
3: TV shows, probably. (laughs) That was a good show. Um, But, yeah, he kisses Alexa Demi in the film and there's such an obvious gap between them like age gap and it's there's supposed to be a gap like there is a that is kind of the point but at the same time it's a bit I think that's one of the things that
0: works about the film to me is that like you know you always see like clips and videos and stuff of like skater dudes in LA and how that's such a lifestyle and it seems so like impenetrable and you're like what is that I think one of the movies great successes in like a very overcrowded genre of like coming of age films Mm. where you look at a day in the life is that Mm. I go like oh I like now understand what it is to be like, I live in this giant spread out city and like yeah, I just I walk around all day with my skateboard and I just yeah. kind of like know every street and I just kind of like rock up to house parties and stuff. Yeah. And because yeah. he's new to that world as well, I think it just does that classic thing of like, he's our lens into this world as yeah, well. Yeah, know?
3: I agree. Yeah. I think as well, this film, it is so similar, really reminds and I think almost sort of like pays tribute to um, a movie that I used as my triplet in the attic when we did Good boys and mean girls which is kids yeah. um and yeah. it like i guess the case could be made that it almost is too um derivative. derivative but i don't know i like both movies like i like kids so i like mid-90s maybe yeah. that's so, like part of it but yeah that's that. me very cool
0: my uh number five is uh a film i saw what miff that i absolutely loved um Probably one of the horror films this yeah, A lot of my my top five, the horror films in my top five. Oh, are, I forgot
1: about this movie. Mm. Yeah, I
0: think you did as well. I thought <laughs> it my own as well. Is a, oh, it's not on my list. Is uh-huh. an article. Well, it's like a, a dark, like, more the like more, um not prestige horror, but I guess it's less, um. it's definitely not like a culty, fun, splashy horror film. It's uh, The Lodge mm. um from Veronica Franz and Severin Fiala, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, who <laughs> did um, Goodnight Mummy a few mm. years ago, which had similar themes to this film. Um, it kind of is a horror in the vein of The Shining uh, in that it's about like slow building dread isolation. and tension, isolation. Yeah. Um, and I think it's uh, it's, yeah, I think it's slow, like that sense of slowly impending like doom and dread, uh, is filled in the, the audiences as as well. You have I think horror, my fave style has such a capacity to mm. build emotions, like really passionate emotions towards characters instantly. Um the essentially the the circumstance is that um without giving too much away, a, a woman is kind of Elvis ta- Presley's
1: granddaughter Riley Keough. Yeah, oh, wow.
0: yeah is um his <laughs> task- Wait,
1: Is she under Silver
3: Lake as well? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, She's tasked with looking after her boyfriend's children Mm. at, like, their, like, holiday house where they used to go with their mum. And obviously, as you hear that, you're like, whoa, those circumstances would allow for some great horror. (laughs) It's awkward and uncomfortable and... I think a great thing in horror that I love seeing a well, when you can is what is it to just be in a situation where you're like, there's literally nothing I can do. Like when you, because especially because horror is such a genre where you watch movies and you're like, go up the stairs. Like well, what the fuck are you doing that for? I would know what to do in this movie. You're like, yeah, like you are all, <laughs> yeah, you're fucked. You are completely fucked. Like, I think what your you sympathies
1: do? change so quickly as well throughout this movie. If you yeah. like, wow she sucks and then you're like oh my god no he is a dick and then yeah
0: you're like, oh, honestly yeah i it had um <laughs> it's a film this year that made me have the most passionate feelings towards uh some children this movie has two kids and uh when i think back on characters in movies this year that i had really strong emotions towards it's these little shits <laughs> yeah that's that. my number five the lodge which you oh. should check out <laughs>
1: For my number five, all I want to say is that I do really care about us by Jordan Peele. Oh yeah, oh, Yay, yeah yeah! Yay.
0: Oh, I'm so excited. Wow. Yeah, That's so
1: I think I might like this movie more than
3: Get Out. Like, I think Get I Out, Out is definitely that this twi- year. Yeah. Wow, yeah. ah, what a long year it's been. Yeah, jeez. Um,
0: I will be talking about us, so I'm gonna ooh, try and hold my phones. Okay. Yeah,
3: me. yeah, but I think
1: where Get Out kind of felt like it was this terrific version of like a contemporary Twilight Zone episode. Mm. This movie, I can't really compare it to much other stuff. It's yeah, very. This stands alone. So many cool visual ideas, story mm. ideas. It's mm. about Lupita Nyong'o, playing two characters, playing this kind of haunted mom of two kids, mm. and also playing that character's tethered, which is like this weird underground mutant version of yourself mm. that escapes while they're on holiday in Santa Cruz and the family is forced to fight double gangers of themselves <laughs> who are all wearing these sick, like, red mm. boiler
3: suits. Yeah, it's even just a great image. Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: The mythology of the film is so exciting. I, th- I yeah. think a thing that you kind of tapped into there about the film's, like, scope and, like, how individual it is, a thing that I love at the moment about horror is that, you know, we talk so much about, how, like, the death of, original storytelling and how, Mm. like, you know, it's all just Mm. studios are just making franchises and sequels and, like, uh, anything off established IPs. Mm. And horror is one of the only places where the money is going, like, at the moment we are investing in the thing of, like, I'm going to give you a shit ton of money to make this thing that is literally just, like, you've made up your own mythology and world completely. Mm. Like, that's how classics used to be made. And I was talking yesterday with my girlfriend about what films from the last decade we go, like, but which ones will we actually talk about in the Mm. way that we talk about, like, I don't know, like Star Wars, The Matrix, like, big, like, staples. And Mm. I go, Get Out is the one that I go, we'll always remember Get Out. We'll always talk about Get Out. And I Mm. go, like, us totally has that thing where are like, that is such an individual. I'm
3: just happy you made something weird. Like, yeah, I am too, but I just don't know that I have that exact sentiment. Like, I... I didn't think of it as a film from this year. Like, I didn't really think mm. of it as a film.
0: Well, Us is in my top Hello. four. So yes. I'm going to hold on to my thoughts for that one. Oh, my but, you sound uh, like
1: Before a we get awesome. to top four, what are we discussing next? Mm. Next up,
0: we will be hearing from a special guest that's very close to our hearts. Oh, my God, Mommy.
2: Santa. <laughs>
4: Okay, well I'm the mama. So Lizy, Meggie, Noah, Anthony, thanks for inviting me along. And more especially, thank you for um your podcast. I have loved listening to it. I don't stare into the distance. I'm usually busy working away, doing something whilst I listen to the podcast, but I love it and it's encouraged me to go and see films that perhaps or to look at films that perhaps I wouldn't normally. So Thanks for that. There's so much that I could correct from the podcast, but I'll resist the temptation. The one thing that I do want to say, though, being New Year, we can have our New Year's resolution. Uh, I know you'll cringe, but one one amongst you got a 50 for English. The other two are amongst the top 2% of the state. So I'm sure... We have a big vocab and we <laughs> can search and find other words to use rather than the big F. Um, I know, yes, I admit, love making a, murder. Oh, what's it called, my favourite murder and they swear way more. But still I think Anthony's New Year's resolution could be to keep on using that beep button a lot, be as liberal as he wants. Okay, my favourite movies. Um, Detective Peak 2, that was the bop loved it, loved <laughs> that movie um, and everyone in the audience seemed to have lots of fun with it. It was really fun. It did make me wish I had grandchildren to take along. It was a great movie. Um, not that I actually want them yet but one day. Um, Rocket Man was also a movie I really loved. I loved it because it's, you know, my vintage music so I loved all of that. Again... Was um, bopping around in my seat. Thought it was a great movie. Lots of fun. Um, both of them, I thought, achieved what they set out to, which, I'm being mindful of the aim of your podcast. Also, love Rocket Man. Just that poor little boy, Elton John. What crap parents! That poor little boy. But loved those movies. Thought they were great. But even though they were lots of fun, they're not my favourite movie because for me, for a movie to be a favourite or the most meaningful movie to me for the year, it has to be a movie that I sort of will recall and will remember and can sort of still feel years later. And I'm pretty confident that movie is Nightingale. So um, it's my choice for a few reasons. First of all, I thought the cinematography was amazing Um Bravo, female director. It showed the beautiful environment of Tasmania beautifully, um, and just the the light and the color. Beautiful um, movie. Um, It had a lot of sadness and a lot of brutality in it. And I um, have read a little that the female director was very, um, very robustly criticised that the movie was too brutal and. I found that really sort of confronting because we're encouraged to go and see other movies about um, the brutality of, I guess, rulers. Um, A movie I thought of was The Killing Fields about Pol Pot. Everyone at at the time of that movie said you must go and see it to understand how brutal it was. I find it really interesting that when we're looking at the English, um, we skips tend to say, oh, I don't want to see that and surely it wasn't that bad. But the treatment of Indigenous Australians and the treatment of women in particular, but all the convicts, I mean, that is the reality when you read the history about um, the settling and foundation of Australia. And um, it's a movie that still now, you know, if I, there's a couple of scenes that if I um, recall them, they, they bring tears to your eyes. It was very brutal. And I thought if the podcast is about, you know, um, did it achieve what it was setting out to achieve, I think it was trying to show that bru- that um, brutality and the reality of the Australian foundation of, of Tasmania but also how beautiful the country was when the settlers first came. So um, that would be my choice.
0: Thanks, mom. Thanks,
3: mom. Thank you, mommy, for giving me life. We love you. Time for number four? Go, go, go. Alrighty. So I'm back on my shit. It had to be up there. The Irishman. Yay. I don't think I can say anything else about this movie. I just love this movie. Mm. Martin Scorsese, um, we touched on this, Eliza touched on this really well last episode. And also in the episode we did on The Irishman. But um, yeah, Martin Scorsese is like working within a genre that he helped create and refine and in a way that is interesting and um, challenges his earlier takes on the same themes. um, His, yeah, his discussions of um, loyalty and regret and remorse and grief um, are most pertinent in this film of all of his films like in that mob, crime, gangster genre and it's just like filled with such great performances um we've obviously talked about it so much so I don't want to drag on but yeah that's my number four it had to be I love
0: that that a few like days and stuff after our or like you know however long it's been since we recorded our Irishman episode the thing that sticks out to us when we have to say what's most special about it is what an interesting case study it is that you have a director making a piece they've had such an amazing illustrious career that they can make a film that feels like a response to their filmography Mm -hmm. especially Mm.
1: when like because there is such a craze for like remaking stuff or like rebooting Mm, it's mm. really irritating to see so many filmmakers be like yeah I'll redo it or like yeah I'll allow my franchise thing to be basically like heated up in the microwave for a new audience Uh, and Scorsese is like oh yeah sure I'll make another gangster movie but I'm gonna make it that I'm ragging on my past movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it's Completely. so mature. Of it. yeah. yeah, I like love that. I love it. Totally.
0: Very self-reflexive. It's yeah. cool. um, My number four. Whoa, we're really getting up there. Yeah. <gasps> my number four <laughs> is uh, I, another one that I kind of toyed with the, its place on this list. Um, but my number four is Marriage Story. Ooh. I uh, adore this film. It This film's on We spoke on my about... List. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I reckon it's thanks number one. We spoke about... Um, a lot of its strengths in the last episode in that it has my favourite scene of the year mm. in the fight scene. Um, Acting-wise, mm. I find it genuinely inspirational at the moment. Like, I find Adam and Scarlett Johansson's performances so incredible and mm. in how uh, easeful they seem in the screen, how much they mm. open up to each other. I think it's Noah's best work directorially. I think we mm-hmm. are talking enough about how... <laughs> All these like great choices it makes, but Eliza has yeah. something to say. How
1: well, come you're on a first name basis with, with Adam Bob and Noah, and Adam Adam but not Scarlet? But you call Scarlet Johansson, Scarlet Johansson. I was
0: about to go Adam and then I, I was going to go Adam and Scarlet and then I just randomly said Johansson. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Fine, Noah. Well, my name is Noah, so I can't say Noah and then that sound like I directed the film. Yeah. Noah, Noah. liked
1: this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: well, uh, I, I think we aren't talking enough about how clever the direction is in, in some senses of, uh, I, I love that. A lot of the time, the direction in this film supports the frame, like the state you get in when you you have so much going on in your life, and at any moment you just want someone to ask you about it so you can talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like it makes me think about like mm-hmm. you grow up with your parents. It's a film about how my parents are fallible and like learning. Like you know, that, you mm-hmm. know at some point that boy's going to grow up. And sometimes like, like love isn't enough. And completely, yeah. um, I love the scene where. Uh, Scarlett Scarlett has gone to uh, a meeting with a divorce lawyer Laura <laughs> Dern mm, an awesome I was just Laura Dern, this. and the camera and she's just literally like just talk to me like really talk to me and the camera slowly zooms on Scarlett as she's like investing further and just like literally exploding yeah. out of, like all of her personal demons and how she's like oh my god this is like At the forefront of my mind Literally just You can tell It's at the forefront of her mind And it's all she can think about But for her Mm. Family And because you can't Just complain 24 hours Like every Seven days a week Like But it's always there And then at the end Of this giant monologue There's an edit To Laura Joan And you're like Oh oh my god There was someone else In the room Like you forget You know It's like Mm. when you get On those big rants And you just feel like You're in your own world um, It reflects that It reflects thematic ideas That are like Really important to me At this like Point in my life You know like I, um, I definitely feel there are a lot of, like, romantic films in the past that when I was younger and, you know, a little cinephile getting into movies, I was like, yeah, cool, like, that's a great film mm. that now feels so much more personal. And, like, I'm like, mm. it's just like I, I've talked to you guys about before, I'm like, I can't connect yet to films about grief mm. because I'm like, I haven't had, a, I, I wouldn't know if I had, I haven't experienced what that is. And while I like, can obviously appreciate it in a film, it will take a like an a, an experience of immense grief for me to be able to relate to like to you know to watch some films be like well now there's a new light to that film and mm-hmm. that's what I have with films with ideas now of you know the complexity of love and seeing two sides uh-huh. of a relationship and that everyone fucks up but everyone yeah. also always wants to do the best by each other and nobody wants to hurt each other
3: even just their relationship with conflict yeah how exactly. they go about it and like how however well-intentioned you can be like yeah yeah. And even I how like, have you, you have so much you,
0: you want to say, but sometimes you just have to let someone go and yeah. know that the journey is what it is. Yeah. yeah, Lots of things that inspired it. See, I'm talking so much about a film because I loved it. That's what films should do. They should inspire me. <laughs> That's my number four.
1: Aww. My number four is The Beach Bomb. Oh.
0: How many Koreans read right, right, this right. all right.
1: I think it, I could have had this as my most underrated as well. Yeah. Like, it's kind it of gone under the radar. It rate. really has yeah. gone under the radar this year. Hasn't yeah. Especially oh, yeah. in Australia. But I found this film...
0: Did like, it get an Australian release? Mm.
1: I saw it advertised at the movies the other day. I think that was like a one-off screening or something. Um, right. Yeah, but like his movies, um, I've, I've found them kind of troubling in the past because mm. he does often use non-actors mm. in a kind of exploitative way. Like he's this really mm. educated, like quirky New Yorker guy. And he'll pick people out from, like, the south in Florida and be like, look at these fucking freaks, look at these, mm. like, lower-class people, working-class mm. idiots and kind of lampoon them because it's edgy and cool. And I think in this movie, um, it's that's all done in a kind of wholesome way. That's like cute. It's definitely a lot less apocalyptic and grim than in some of his other movies. It's literally just Matthew McConaughey playing a character who's, like... <laughs> he's basically considered, like, a Nobel Prize winning poet but he's just, like, a massive stoner and he's just, like, walking around Florida with his dick out and, like, oh, it's just, like, it's bananas and I laughed at it so much.
3: Like, yeah,
1: every character, every actor in this movie, you can tell Harmony Karine was just, like, what do you think is a funny person? Do it. Like, <laughs> Zac Efron is playing, like, this vape guy with, like, <laughs> He's always, like, on a little hoverboard, like, vaping and has this awful haircut, and a Hill. Just for some reason, playing a character with a super, super southern accent It's hilarious. <laughs> My favourite joke in the movie was... Um, there's a bit where Moondog, I think McConnie's character, <laughs> he just, like, he's kicked out of his house, so he just hangs out with a bunch of homeless people. And he just starts reading from a book of poetry and one of the like hobo guys is like, yo, is that poetry? <laughs> <laughs> is so funny. Why like, is that even funny though? <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> it's just,
0: yeah, it's just <gasps> hilarious. And Stunning. It's kind of like for such joins. an anarchic
1: movie. It's funny watching it and being like, I think this is like the director kind of growing up <laughs> oh, and oh, wow. making a movie about this wacky old guy who's like this crazy fool and the kind of like he's a terrible person.
0: The, the kind of director whose style... You're like, it's so worth the risk because it's very miss, miss, miss until it's like hit and when it hits, it's like perfect and it's so unique and like electric.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Good choice.
0: Stunning. Now we move on to best performance of the year. A big one.
3: So now we're talking about our favorite performance mm. of the year.
0: Male, female, anything—it's all—all the one category. Two genders. We ain't like we ain't like them uh-huh. Oscars.
3: That was a joke, just by the way. So I'm gonna kick things off, and I don't know that you guys will like this that much because it's a very <laughs> light. Fluffy performance. The voice cast of it's, Angry Birds. Yeah, maybe. exactly. Yeah. Um, it's not doing any, like, heavy lifting whatsoever. But Merit Weaver in Marriage Story. That's fine. I loved her performance. I love that. She Could is be? such a great comedian. Her, like, little moment, it's a tiny moment with Adam Driver. She does this stupid British accent and she's trying... It's just such funny writing. And she... <laughs> Like, I, I have no idea how she, like, came to the de- 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 bleh, came to the decisions. I <laughs> just like, beatboxed. Yeah. Came to the decisions that she did. But I love every decision that she made. There's this thing that she does with this accent. And she's, like, trying to serve Adam Driver it's the, with b- The best comic papers. moment of the
0: year is, uh, uh, you've, you've, you've been, you've been served. served. You've been served.
3: <laughs> but she's, like, she's doing this weird fake like, British accent. She's, like, oh, would you like to buy some more? And Adam Driver and her are just, like, having this really weird moment. It's so funny. I want to be like her friend. And that's Aww. why I liked it so much. I
0: like this pick. Thank you. I like picking it as like, Finally,
3: guys back me. Sorry. Back me.
0: I hey. back you in this moment. I do. You're
3: just um, chilling yourself. <laughs> she's
0: back. She's like, I'm less sick. You're like, I feel rejuvenated.
3: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's me.
0: My best performance of the year. Um, I thought this would be harder than it was, but it really wasn't. Um, I thought it might be Florence. In yeah. mm. uh, Midsummer, mm. a performance I'll talk about. My favourite performance of the year is Lupita Nyong'o okay. in mm. *Us* as Red and as Adelaide. I think, um, I think the film's power, a lot of its power lies in because it's a f- film about uh, selfishness. Because it's partly about like selfishness and living in a world where like you you serve yourself first and, like, mm. fuck the other guy because mm. it's also inherently about, like, class. Yeah, being a class about Being a little guy, yeah. Like, the traits inherent to that are perfectly reflected in a performance where all the strength is in what's said and what's not said. Mm. She has to uh, be, like, the strong figurehead of a family. She has to hold the little secrets to the film's twist but not reveal them. She needs to be utterly compelling and horrifying as a villain whilst at the same time not being, like, hokey. And, like, even though it manages to be both iconic and painfully, like, torturously sad, her monologue as Red. I sound um, like her right now. The, what you do. There was um, a little girl. There was a little girl. You're
2: too out of her belly. That's what you sound like, <laughs> oh,
0: it Actually, it like, that scene captures all the strengths of that movie in that it is horrifying mm-hmm. but you empathize with what like the world that has created this like monster mm. so deeply um she holds the key to that film's success and it is an absolute powerhouse performance and it is easily my favorite performance of the year
1: nice yeah. I'm really glad you said that, so I didn't have to preface it. Like, I'm sorry, Lupita. Uh, yeah. Yeah, my I'm cheating again. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm picking both boys in the lighthouse.
2: Oh You've seen God, the lighthouse. I didn't know this. Seen
3: the light-
1: what? It came out like a month ago in
3: the states when I was there. Yeah. Oh, you oh. fucking no, no. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure we said Vito's lighthouse. Get out! How are we able no, to see consent. it? No, she can say she saw it, but she... she can put it on her list now. And it's I really be want to put list it on next, next year. year, when year. You see it. What?
0: Oh, you're a, <laughs> you're a shit.
3: No, no, I don't like it.
0: I don't want to hear what you have to say.
3: No, she's gonna spoil it for me. I don't want to hear what, what you have it. to say. I'm gonna
0: spoil. Uh, okay, uh, okay, so right now, Eliza's gonna talk into the microphone. Meg and I are just gonna la 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 la, la silently to ourselves uh, while she talks at like a little shit. That'll be a very
1: pleasant auditory experience. Enjoy! It.
0: I hope whatever Eliza has to say, you all really enjoy.
1: Uh, all right, um. Bye. I really liked <laughs> <In> the White <Lighthouse.
0: laughs> I'm listening again, I felt bad. She yeah, was all alone. I'm
1: not gonna give it away. Just fine,
0: fine, fine. Talk about the boys. This is
1: my endorsement. Okay,
0: I am not picking one of them.
1: Oh. No. At the start of this movie, I thought, wow, Willem Dafoe, this is my favourite film performance of the year. He's playing, like, this crazy, cackling, Mm. green goblin, sea shanty man. And Robert Pattinson is kind of like our audience surrogate. Like, he's the more normal guy Mm. who we kind of see all this madness through. But as the Mm -hmm. movie goes on, you're like, oh, no, he's batshit crazy too. And he's also playing this crazy, heightened, like, salty sea dog character. And both of them get at least a couple monologues. Of just Meaty. screaming, I love like that. nonsensical and nautical oh. vocabulary at each other. Oh. I didn't know what they were saying really, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> and I think it's like you truly cannot separate one from the other. Their yeah. performance is so codependent. I never knew I needed no,
3: um, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson in a movie together, but I did. Um, the only bit I'll give away. <laughs> uh, please, no, no, no. It won't take away from your
1: experience. Is uh. like Willem Dafoe. He cooks. He's always cooking this really shitty food for Robert Pattinson, <laughs> and he's like. You like me cooking, don't you? You're fond of me lobster, aren't you? <laughs> like I just always want to stay there when I cook for a family, and I'm like, like you like Mr. me cooking, fried, don't
0: you? <laughs> it's no, so funny. That's, that's great. Cute. Yeah. Um, I'm now confronting the reality that that movie is going to be in Eliza's. Yeah, movie that's going to be films, and that's like, infuriating because it would are, be on mine. Yeah.
3: Well, I thought. Yeah. Whatever. Like, I'm upset, but whatever. <laughs> this Go is to America. Meg,
0: this is our anger, not at Eliza. It's at the system. It's at the man. Yeah.
3: Fight the man.
1: This movie came out in like. September, October in America, it's coming in February in Australia. How embarrassing! it is. very that? limited, isn't
0: it? is uh, not okay. Is it better? Do you like it more than The Witch? Can you tell me now? I would
1: say I do.
2: Oh God!
0: All right, I'm so excited. <laughs> Let's wrap this segment okay. up. Okay, that's that. That's, that's best performances. Three. Time for number three.
1: Say GIF. Don't, listen to, GIF. don't listen to what they have to say. Whatever they say now, they're wrong. Noah, instead of saying GIF, graphics interface something, it graphics interface, you say GIF.
0: I think I usually say GIF. I really don't know what happened then okay. either. GIF uh, is uh, a
1: household it, surface cleaner. You should
3: jet Maybe tucked. that's... It? <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. Great. <Sorry>. Number three. <laughs> Number three. <laughs> Go. Uh-huh.
3: All right. I am... Just jumping on that bandwagon, I'm going with Parasite for number three. Mm. Um, yeah, I loved this movie. Oh, I'd say I loved this movie at the start of literally everything. Um, I don't think I have anything else to say other than what's already been said. What about is, how good
1: did those noodles look? Oh, yum! Mm.
3: Um, yeah, you're right. Um, there's something so unsubtle about this film, which just makes it even more compelling. Which is a thing that like is rare, I think. Like when films often go like big in this way. And just, like, so obvious in what their, like, their mission statement is. You sort of can get, you know, lost in the vitriol or whatever. And it just wasn't like that. Um, Notable moments for me. oh well, I don't know. I can't really actually explain it in moments, I guess, because the tension in this film is so intense. Like, Mm. I have never, ever felt so on edge in, like, the most domestic moments, like, there, there could be, like, the mildest interaction and I felt very, very tense. And I came out of this film feeling, like, a bit sick and almost, mm. like, so panicked. Um, the biggest moment for me, though, your, like, favourite scene, I think, is a great choice. But for me, it was when they, like, were starting... The, the um, lower-class family all were living in the house. Starting when portrait,
2: yeah.
3: Yeah, and they... Uh, the upper-class family had gone away camping... And they start making a mess of the living room, and the mess just like builds and builds, and you just know that it's not gonna be okay. And they've built and they've got these like... <laughs> you know, because like- you're watching a movie. Yeah. You're like,
0: oh no. They're just like, there awesome. are, like peanut
3: shells everywhere, and they're just like, there's shit everywhere. And I was so tense i was like clean it up like are you kidding anyway that was just like i can't believe that in such a domestic little it's the same moment, thing as mother like yeah. the stress
1: of the house it is yeah uh.
3: fab.
1: who's your favorite family member
3: probably the older sister yeah
1: she's so she does a cunning jessica only child from illinois oh, she's yeah, oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Thing, yeah i'm probably the same actually yeah.
0: Yeah. The mum is so sassy, though. She's the most, like, <laughs> Yeah, she is she's sassy. Like, this is what we're doing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> she's cool. All right, you know.
0: Yeah. My number three is The Nightingale. Mm. Um, uh, Jennifer Kent made one of my, I'm talking a lot about my movies of the decade here. Mm. Uh, yeah, movies of the decade, I guess, The Babadook. Um A film that was actually, I feel, like, I feel like, quite foundational to my, like, film language. Like, Did you guys know, know that the time. reason
3: that The Babadook is, like, an LGBTQI film now is because it was incorrectly categorized in In no it was incorrectly on netflix and then now it's just like stayed there yeah (laughs) they keep it isn't that funny i had no idea so good um
0: uh yeah yeah like so after she made the babadook which is like an incredible like cerebral horrifying horror film um australian horror film about grief and i'm like overcoming grief and like tragedy Mm. She could have made like any, like, I think everybody was just like, she's just going to do some like horror film on a bigger scale. You know what? In a way, she fucking did. Like this Mm. film, my list has seven horror films on it, but I kind of quote this film's (laughs) scarier than any of them. Um, It is the most my heart has ever been in my throat uh, the whole whole year. Um, As my mother quite wonderfully said, I think it's interesting that, Uh, As we talked a bit when Eliza had it on on her list in the part one, and as mum just said then, it's interesting that there's controversy around this because people are like, oh, it like detaches me and distances me from the content it's bringing up, that it is so violent. Mm. Um, I'm in a place where I go, I'm very sick of films being afraid to tell the story Why, authentically yeah. because mm. they don't want to offend people because they're like, well then the message won't be heard. I think it's incredible that this film unabashedly tells the story it tells yeah. um like this be- should offend you. Yeah literally. It tells it also does an amaze an amazing thing of um as we also said, like because there is such a controversy around it and stuff, we don't talk about the filmmaking and an amazing part of the filmmaking is Australia India, it's like the rugged, like forest, like landscapes and the like mountains and stuff are shot beautifully, but because of the content of the film, it all makes me sick. Like it's, 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 it so starkly reflects Australia's like, you know, um, sins, like skeletons in the closet. So starkly that it almost makes every single picture of Australia look like every, landmark every like place where there are like there's mud like track like that's you know colonial boot tracks running through mud it makes everything look dirty and corrupted Mm. because you just know that this doesn't belong to any of the people that are inhabiting the frame
1: yeah Yeah. i think that's something a lot of good westerns do like they in america it'll be like people building a new town out in the desert or like foraging for like a new frontier and in Mm. this case you're like oh i recognize this that's a beautiful forest from like Pharmacy calendars like in Tasmania yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But it's being used as like this site of desecration of like yeah, the indigenous totally. people being slaughtered.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, and I'm definitely so I think it watch. also probably um correlates with I've kind of found Westerns this year, like I love my Westerns this year. Um and I think it has a lot of the staples of that of that genre uh yeah, appropriated in a really appropriate way to um yeah the disgusting history of our country Mm -hmm. that's my number
1: three y'all are gonna hate my number three it's the Mm -hmm. lighthouse Mm -hmm.
0: yeah
1: (laughs) it's just very good as soon as i saw it i wanted to see it again Mm.
0: you can't give away anything please what's your favorite is it is it is it a horror film
1: um it has some scary unsettling images but the witch the witch is definitely more More of a a straightforward horror 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 movie compared to this like I think a lot of people were like, it's basically a buddy comedy film. And I think that's pushing it a bit. Mm. But it is very funny. Mm. And it is kind of just based around these two wacky performances. And these guys driving themselves crazy because they're so horny. And all they have to do is watch A Lighthouse and be irritated by seagulls. (laughs) And it's funny. Like, it's a male director. So... It's funny seeing this movie be like the masculine version of driving yourself <laughs> crazy in the wilderness, and the, the rich being the feminine version of that—of like oh, your cool. whole family ganging up on you and stuff. And it's in this, it's just these two dudes ganging
2: up on each other <gasps>
1: That's and getting so really good. drunk and screaming sea shanties.
0: <laughs> Robert Eggers or Ariaster? How are we <gasps> feeling at the moment? I don't I know, man. It's like they're in similar veins.
3: I think, yeah, they are both. Have you yeah, seen Aster. them
0: interview each other for Fangoria? Oh, it's no, amazing. cool! It's fucking amazing. They should cool.
1: put that in there. Um, it's really
0: good. Yeah, it should. Shouldn't? It? Yeah. It's
1: funny because they've both said they want to do straight drama movies next, kind of. He's straight doing drama? a Viking mm. thing, isn't he? Mm. I'm sure it'll be scary. Anyway, that sounds cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. totally. But yeah, I love the number good three, choice. and I'm sure I'll love it when I see it. Mm-hmm. Now we move into a segment I'm really excited for. It's a short, silly one. Our most forgotten film of the year. Yeah. So as you may have picked up on, if you're an avid listener of the show, thank you by the way if you are. <laughs> we always we occasionally talk about uh, forgotten films. We have a, a little thing that we've us three have been doing. For a long, long time where occasionally we'll just think of some movie that's perfectly forgotten. I'm not talking about some film that like you didn't it's really like a forgotten know existed. Classic. Oh, I and just like, like, it's got amazing. one. Yeah, I mean like it's something where it's like you knew about it. was really on your at the front of your consciousness and then you completely forgot it existed. So you can't be like no, Arctic dogs. No, I've got one. That's cool. Um, yeah, Rachel we'll Adams to-
3: <laughs> in that like breakfast tv show with our harrison oh morning, Ford. Glory. Morning, glory. Morning, glory. morning glory is a great one because at one you. point
0: everyone knew that movie was out yeah. and then it kind of and now you, you know, don't think of it you, you really you get the so you, this is going to be quite a, like an audio one because you're going to hear us react when we say each other's yeah. and it, literally the reaction oh, will okay. say which one's the biggest meg what's the most forgotten film of 2019 and you have to phrase by going hey do you guys remember blah blah, blah.
3: hey do you guys remember Greta? That's mine. i no. oh, no. are you kidding, oh.
2: Greta?
0: Greta's terrible! Yes.
1: I'm sorry, I don't stand that one. What? F- I off. gave Greta on DVD to a friend. Yeah, well, we didn't buy it on DVD and give it to and a friend. That's what they would like, and it just stars Isabella. Just no, you did I that. I agree.
0: I agree. It was at the forefront of the consciousness. We knew it, like well, you know, we, we were like, like, oh yeah, that's a movie coming out. Director, we saw it, popular actors, mm. actors. and then we went home, and then we forgot about we it. Yes, Meg. Yes. Twinning. Good job, Noah. Truly twinning. You know oh, what? It's again. called Twin Picks, you shit. Huh? <laughs>
2: get
1: out. Get Boy out. Here,
0: get out. And sta- oh, no, I was going to do get out right now, but instead we I did a you music theatre song. Lassie well,
1: sounded really good. Damn man. it. All right, Lassie, okay. if you think it's so good. Well, hey, do you guys remember Maleficent Mistress of Evil? No. What? I've never heard
0: of that before. Too recent.
1: No, come on. I've never heard one, of that. It's a good one, but.
3: I've,
1: but I haven't heard
3: of it, so I
1: can't forget it. Imagine someone saying they went to go see the sequel to Maleficent. Maleficent, Mistress oh, of Evil. like Jolie. It's the sequel, yeah, yeah. It's starring Angelina Jolie, arguably one of the most famous people in the world. And there were which lots, is of, there really lots of billboards. Yeah, and she's not in great movies really. But yeah. um, I think that's got to be it.
0: Anthony, you, which of those two do you think is more forgettable?
1: I guess the thing is Maleficent is like a Disney movie and it's based on an existing property. mm.
5: Sounds like a, I mean, the thing about this is that
3: there are three of for a reason. Yeah, so surely it should oh just no. be majority rules. <laughs> yeah, okay. get done. I uh-huh. can't argue with well, It wasn't even
0: supposed to be a winning one. one but what yeah, about yeah, something yeah. two
3: double tap? No,
0: no way. People saw that. Okay. That one did alright. I was thinking more so maybe something like last. Like, uh, I was say last night, late night. That Mindy Kaylee yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh. Terrible marketing campaign.
0: Really bad. Isn't it like not a comedy? And they just were like, it's a wacky comedy. And everyone's like, is it?
1: I think they 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 only just just started advertising it when it came out. And everyone was like, what's that? Oh, well, it's too late.
0: (laughs) Well, there you go. There are two really fucking forgotten films (laughs) from this year. Number two,
2: number
0: two, number two. Time for number two. This is so exciting. We're really up there now.
3: I hate that we said number two so much. Number two. Like, alludes to, like. Oh, yeah, pooing. You said it. (gasps) What's disgusting? What's the best poo? Get your head out out of the gutter. (laughs) Oh, I hate that we've done this. I'm sorry. I can't believe you've done this. I can't can't believe you've done done this. this. My second um, pick for this year is one we've already spoken about, but I loved it. And it's midsummer. (laughs) I loved it. Well, mate. Guess what? I have started everything. Me too.
0: Number two. Number two. We're really twinning today, mate. Let's let's talk about midsummer.
3: Midsummer, yeah. Dealt heavy, like it dealt in really heavy issues of trauma, of um, this sense of community or lack thereof. Even just more like um, surface level, like conflict in relationships yeah. and, like, avoiding conflict, avoiding Completely. communication, um, mm. you know, like, lacking that support where, you know, distance and trauma and that, like, can lead you. Um, and even just, like, it's, it's like, discussion on, like, cults or culties sort of and how yeah. they can really, like, adopt disenfranchised yeah. personalities. Like um, if you want to join the cult, you're yeah. like, it works. It looks, yeah. like sick like i mm. think that that's all very interesting and that comes across very um organically and in a way that is not yeah. like overdone um i also think that the fact that it is able to be so tense without ever jumping at you yeah. or ever like you know having like a dark like dealing in darkness like it, it it's so bright it's mm stunning visually just like so thrilling to see yeah. um what i yeah that what, really
0: appealed you spoke about that when you yeah, met the, th- the daylight thing. horror thing when daylight you spoke horror about this in, so uh, interesting halloween special yeah
3: yeah i did um and i find that so much more interesting to watch as a horror movie mm. the fact that you can keep me so tense and i know everything that's happening in this scene like cause mm. I, I can see everything that's going on yeah. like and you know even that's kind of the point like the moment where the um Eldest people in the community are, like, jumping to their deaths. You see the entire thing.
0: Another possible scene, the best scene of the year. Yeah, that so. was actually
3: a contender for me. Yeah, good point. Um, you see the entire thing and it's very, very still. And you just sort of sit there and watch the whole thing thinking, like, they'll cut to something or they'll cut to a reaction or no, this Like, you see the whole thing and it makes it so much more tense. And I loved it. So that's my, it's my number two.
0: My number two is Midsummer as well. Um, the uh, – the, what do they say when you like stand on a box and you preach a thing? What's that? Like a
2: thing? Preaching? Soapbox?
1: soapbox.
0: Um Yeah. I, <laughs> if I stood on my soapbox, anybody that listens to this podcast would know if I stood on my soapbox and talked about one thing, it would be that any good horror film is a terrific drama underneath it. And that is this film's strength. Is that the best thing about this film is that it has the best written conflict of the year. It's about someone in an absurd like it's about a relationship where both people are hurting each other so deeply with every single choice and action that they make mm. and they are never discussing it and they are slowly resenting each other mm. it's about um so she is going through the the uh, girlfriend is going through immense trauma um and in the midst of that trauma she feels like she a burden to her boyfriend who she just mm. wants to like placate and keep happy because mm. she wants to keep him around uh whilst he is I'm very harsh on him yeah, because him. I, he's like the villain of the year to me. Because <laughs> I just see so many qualities in him as a dude that I'm like, are my least favorite thing about like masculinity. I think there are so many soft boy elements there that I've adopted <laughs> at points in my life. When but, she
1: ends up being like, I'm sorry for crying at you. Yeah, literally. It. No, that yeah. scene
0: where she's like, um, w- w- what, you're going to go away to Sweden? in Sweden in like where three weeks? Way? And he's like, yeah, well, fine. I'm sorry. Like, I'll just leave. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm like, that is like, Every like that is so many dudes where it's just this thing yeah. of like I'm a big piece of shit, fuck me, like I suck. where well, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um and the way that like he thinks he's doing her a favor. He's like, oh, but she's like gone through this big trauma, so I'll stay with her to keep her happy. Whereas it's actually just like Him you aren't allowing in you aren't allowing her to yeah. grieve or move on because you aren't even supporting her in her grief as well yeah. as not supporting her as a boyfriend.
3: But even in small moments. They too, are so
0: well written, and then all yeah. the horror is just an amazing like support to that dynamic. I think. It has some slasher elements to it that don't work as well for me. Like early on,
1: like characters just disappearing and uh, earlier on, the supporting characters serve the a British great couple. purpose. Like
0: the way that they serve the thing of just being like shitheads that are like, "Dude, you should break up with her," and how like, um, how much they distance and isolate her. Um, but and I regularly tackle with I've seen it a few times. Like I think I've seen it three times now. Um, tackle with whether I want it to be more of a horror, mm. but. Um I think it so effectively achieves its primary goal which is to reflect the horror of a of a situation where you should break up you know yeah. it just feels like our list is full of of movies where um you can see that they speak to a personal experience and to me this screen is that Ari Aster had a break up and that he needed <laughs> to put it into a horror movie wow. and I love it I fucking love it and it's my number 2. Yay.
1: Aww. My number 2 is a Japanese animated movie called Violence Voyager. You know oh, that movie? You know that
0: film? What the fuck? What?
1: Okay, this movie. This is weird. I saw this movie at Myth after seeing my least favourite movie of the year. What was and it? It'll come up. Don't worry, I'll tell you about it. But this movie is done through little paper cutouts of people okay. <laughs> against a painted background. And... It's kind of starts out like this Fantastic Five or whatever adventure of like these little boys going to this old abandoned amusement park and then it turns into like a David Cronenberg movie and it's these little animated kids getting like turned into mincemeat and stuff. And it's definitely, I think it's the weirdest new release I saw this year and it was the movie I laughed at the most. Like this whole movie I was just piecing myself and like it's so boldly disgusting and distasteful huh. and a lot of the characters even though the characters are like seven years old like they all have like crazy like squeaky anime voice acting but then sometimes a character will have like an adult male voice and it will just be like hi my name is Oishi. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it was just so off the wall and yeah one of the best in cinema experiences of this year wow i've cool. literally never heard of I've that i've never yeah, yeah. heard of that it was like the best midnight movie i saw this year where i was right. like, "Oh." Cool people are out there oh. making weird stuff that I can't handle. And, like, this is definitely not everyone's bag. Like, yeah. this is a very extreme film. Yeah. But it has, like, this weird purity and innocence to it as well. But, Fuck yeah. Yeah. But I think it's similar to what you guys are talking about with Midsommar, where mm. it has this, like, seductive allure where you're like, oh, yeah, I want to be part of the cult too. Yeah. Mm. And then they see like, yes. Yeah, this makes sense. This is normal. And you're, like, going crazy <laughs> when you're watching it. It's excellent. I love that. Well,
0: everyone's going to be... Very anxious. I know you're all so eager to hear our number one, but we have three little segments now before oh, we God. do oh, that. Wow. We have three things now. So, first off, we're going to go into now our shit but shit. Now we are up to a a sadder part of the podcast so in our part one we did shit but good that's a film that's really really fucking bad but you know what you just loved it you had a good time with it this is just shit this is a shit film and the reflection of that is that you have a shit time with it Mm. the worst movie of the year for you Meg what was it
3: you are not going to agree with me you are going to hate me once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, this shut up. This movie oh. can get in the bin. <laughs> I did not like this film
0: whatsoever.
3: Damn. It was everything about Tarantino that I do not like.
0: It's the more hopeful parts of him that, never seen, no, that i never see. No, he is
3: so self-indulgent. <laughs> I cannot believe the ego on the dude. And I hate the fact that Everything that Tarantino is applauded for by people who love him, like those douchebags with, like, a huge Pulp Fiction picture thing in yeah. their, like, poster dorm in their room. dorm room and, like, you know, they Mia Wallace's, like, costume party or whatever, yeah. stupid... They so love – Just everything that they love about
0: Tarantino. I think you're describing the reasons that this film's great.
3: No, just listen. Everything that they love about Tarantino, like the title cards, everything in vignettes or whatever, he's abandoned and it makes me think that isn't so much a choice but the fact that his editor – or like, yeah, editor Sally Menke. Is that her name? She's dead. She, she died. Also, eh? She died just before – or not just before but like the first film after her death was Hateful Eight and yeah. since – that it's been Hateful Eight and it's been Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and neither of them have the trademark title cards that we love and the vignette. And that just makes me think that this is another. But why are you like, describing
0: those as bad qualities? Of wait, just listen to, one,
3: listen to my like contention. That just makes me think that he is like exactly the same as George Lucas in the sense that he is just like. Has completely appropriated someone else's style, and he's applauded for it. And now we're expected to go to his movies and be like, "Oh, Tarantino is back again." I can definitely see the merit in his like writing, but the fact that this this movie wasn't even writing like this movie was just like him indulging his love of feet, him <laughs> like neglecting <laughs> the role gross. of women in any aspect of life. Margot Robbie, I don't know how we can applaud her performance because it wasn't one.
0: That's literally my favourite part of the movie. That's so interesting. We're polar opposites in this film. And,
3: like, women or, like, female characters in this film are just, like, catalysts for violence or for, like, I don't know, like, a sexual gaze. Like, this, this movie is literally just, like, so... And I was bored as well. I was like, how is this simultaneously so boring... And so, like, frustrating and, like, angering. Like, it made me angry.
0: (laughs) The most surprising part about Tarantino's, like, later films, like now, his past two, is that they have been more about, like, let's strip away the artifice of what I usually do in the sense of, like, you know, like uh, crazy know pulpy it, writing, is. gratuitous gore and like, yeah. you know, like cool iconic tension scenes and stuff. Yeah, but if in we're doing that, like do that. In terms of just being like meditative. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that's what's great is that underneath this, you do see a film that's more directly like, I'm going to say the thing I want to say in a more like reflective, meditative, dreamlike way.
3: But I didn't feel that whatsoever. Like I, I was genuinely, anything that it tried to, tried to say, I felt It either like didn't come across because it was so fixated on like the accuracy of its like context or it was so fixated on like, I don't know, like, you know, a nod to this and a nod to that. And we're showing all the stuff that Tarantino just loves. Like he just obviously is obsessed and like almost sycophantic about the era, which is fine and well and good but don't do that and then tell me that you're doing something really interesting with storytelling because you you're both, not. I think, there's, I, I wasn't I think interested. that's part of
0: the charm of the movie is being like, I'm a big director. I've made a bunch of movies. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play around in my favorite sandbox. Like, no, I did like not about yeah. sandbox cute. and
1: paint books so much these past
0: yeah. It's so fun to direct to like, oh, I'm going to like play with all the fun things no. that like, because I can, I will. And no. I'm like, I don't think it holds a movie back. I think it makes me feel like yeah, you have someone working in their prime making something that makes them so happy and that no. makes me happy to watch. It's
3: it's so can you, can you, I didn't like it. Eliza, you can you speak it. to it?
1: Noah lo- you loved it. I or
0: just I, quite liked I, it. I quite liked it.
1: I think I liked it, but a bit less than you. It's so interesting. We're
0: really yeah. like different. Oh, could yeah. you speak to it a little bit, Liz? I wanted yeah. to do Hollywood for an episode. Veto.
1: I disagree with the thing about Margot Robbie being sidelined. Like, She's the
0: best part of it. I think
1: Tarantino has, has a proven interest in writing really exaggeratedly uh, cool and hip characters, including female characters. Like his characters, you know, in Death Proof and his Uma Thurman roles and stuff, they're really talky, awesome, empowered women who are kind of like these crazy superheroes from mm. another dimension. And I think it was it was cool of him to cast Sharon Tate in this film as a woman who deserves our attention Consideration. Beyond and that, she's the person that was yeah, murdered by Charles Manson. Because she exists, I didn't know that it did that. That's what I. That's how I felt. The, movie the whole statement was about her in the either. film,
0: is, to me, is that it's like we define her as the person that was murdered by Charles Manson. Let's woman live with an
1: incredible legacy and, let's, and so.
0: let's live a day with her as she. Is excited because she's been cast in a film yeah. and watches the film and looks at people laugh at her talent and her yeah. ability beyond like no. the fact that she was killed by a madman. It's like mm-hmm. she and wasn't. Get, it gives I her identity from from and it. history.
3: I didn't get that from it. I also just didn't like that um, how it was marketed. I found it very, I found it very um, misguided because I felt like you know, do it as like a buddy comedy. And like push it as it that, was. but they didn't push it as that. They pushed it as meant. It sounds
0: like you want a more traditional Tarantino film, like you want the like I don't know, maybe explosive I do. film. I think I just that. I'm a
3: bit against Tarantino because I know like because of all of that, I'm like you know what you built your career on. Mm. I don't know that that's... I was put off by you.
1: my audience's response to this film because mm. they really like my audience cackled hated it. at like the funny ironic racism and violence and wife killing yeah, in the movie. Yeah, Whereas I'm like, I don't think the movie wants you to clap and hoot and shit. I well, think it did. I think other Tarantino movies have done that and I think this movie, like you're saying the trailer was very glamour first. Yeah. Very superficial. And I think the movie is more interested in saying, hey, this time, the 60s wasn't that glamorous. It was kind of shitty and yeah. like, it's a good thing that it's coming to an end, yeah. this fairy tale of Americana.
0: You yeah. yeah, are so right that there is such a like uh, like a cult, like a cultural sense to Tarantino films. That is another reason I love this movie. Like, as you said, I hate that a part of Tarantino movies now is like, this is a bit of His a like, dicky, days. pretentious yeah. thing to say now, but I'm sure all of us have had the thing of someone being like, oh, yeah, I love movies. I'm um, like, you know, like Wes Anderson and Tarantino. Mm, and John they mean Nolan. that, yeah, Chris Nolan. And it's just like, they all those people hated this movie because yeah. this movie is not just the like, I love like high art cinema because they've seen Tarantino film when they thought it was cool when yeah. people were like blowing up and stuff. Like, I don't know. This I'd... film, I think reflects so many of the truly special elements of a Tarantino film, not the, the superficial stuff. Superficial I don't stuff, know. Yeah. That was an intro, that's ooh, I wasn't into it. Damn, like, what a big discussion. My worst is, here yeah, Okay. I was so close all week to saying Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I really, really ooh. was. Um, I've, been very vocal about my thoughts on it. Yep. I think it's one of the most disrespectful sequels ever made. I think <laughs> it is cruel and callous and I think it, um, it throws away uh, storytelling and character uh, in, in place of momentarily fleetingly cool hashtag lol. So cool moments uh, that uh yeah, fleetingly interesting, but actually uh, do the negative for the character. But, um, but for, for the story I was trying to tell. But I couldn't look past the fact that it is ostensibly like a well-made film and uh, it isn't like, uh, it isn't a bad film. Um, it just goes against a lot of things I love. But actually the worst time I had in a movie this year where I was like, good God, how does that happen? Ooh. Is Charlie's Angels 2019.
1: Oh, I didn't see I didn't it. I did. Uh, Don't call me angel. It Ooh, nice. does
0: the thing that I criticised blockers. And I feel pretty for Mm. more than any other film in that.
1: Performative wokeness. Mm. Performative
0: wokeness. It has good intentions. And that is literally all it has. Mm. It literally, Elizabeth Banks, the way that she can literally, that she continues to get given film, like scripts and projects is mind numbing to me. Uh, This film, all it has on its mind is being like, we're a movie about empowering women and about like being like, like, women can be the super spies of their own stories and, like, you know, how easy it is to play, like, like, men can be played like toys because, like, you know, they're so, like, single-minded and dumb and, like, it's time for women to rise up and stuff. Mm. But it actually, it just does the gross thing of, like, because that's its thesis and, like, what it wants to say, the ineffectiveness of, like, the story, the action, the writing and the character means that it actually is, like, negative to that cause mm. because it says like it doesn't give any means by which people should like act or live their life in order to attain that mm. it just says that that would be a cool goal to have um as an action film it i could i literally in my mind do not remember a set piece it's um it's directed so weirdly sometimes there are shots and you're like this feels like the final shot of the movie like this is one shot where, like it pans out from a boat and you're like what the fuck is happening? It's edited horribly. Mm. The cast is so, and also it's such a wasted cast. This is most I've ever liked Kristen Stewart in something. She's so electric. She's great. She's so I charming her. and funny. Um, and She's I, so good in personal Everyone, shopping. yeah, everyone deserves, oh, I haven't seen personal drama. Everyone deserves, in this film, deserves better than this like, trite, lazy piece of like barely, you could even say, action storytelling in which everybody is incompetent and I don't care about anything that anyone does and I was Begging to get out of the cinema.
3: Okay. Oh, my gosh. Fair enough, I would say it. (laughs) 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 Right, Uh, Lisey? Okay. My
1: least favourite movie of this year. I've definitely seen worse movies, but this movie just offended me and depressed me about the state of Australian filmmaking. Mm. It's the zombie comedy Little Monsters. (laughs) Did you guys see it?
0: No, I did not. I heard it was bad.
1: I saw this movie and then I went off and saw Violence Voyager. And Violence Voyager is, like, anarchic, gore funny shit happening to kids, mm. like actual bizarreness. It's as wacky as Little Monsters thinks it is. This mm. movie advertised itself as being a zombie comedy about Lupita Nyong'o, who's in one of my favourite films of the year, Noah's mm. Best Performance of the Year, in another film. She In this movie she plays a kindergarten teacher and all the advertising focused on her and the story of her going taking her kids on a school excursion and them being attacked by zombies. But when you see the movie, it's actually about this white guy who goes along on the school trip because he wants to fuck her. Mm. She's actually like the patient love object character who he'll always just like try and come on to her and be a jerk. And she's like, okay, kids, let's go over here now and like rolls her eyes at him. And it's literally like worse than any similar Jack Black or Adam Sandler movie about a man child I've ever seen. And the director of it is going to go on to make the next Robocop film and it's on Hulu so anyone in the world can see it and heaps of Americans have seen this movie and I think just because it's in funny Australian accents, they dig the novelty of that and think it's really funny. But as someone that's trying to find work in the industry (laughs) and knows like a Mm. class of 20 other people who really want to work in Australian film Mm. that are so much more funny... And inventive ben, and creative yes, than yeah. anything in this movie. I just found this such a so depressing I also pandering, just, unfunny film.
0: I also fucking hate anything that's like it's a zombie film, but But it's working. Yeah. Like so these some it's of these awesome. jokes
1: are astoundingly old. Like there's jokes about like silly Asian tourists. Old. And I'm like that was old for like the nineties. Yeah, we were it's over. Just it. crazy.
0: That's some dumb It's so shit. happy. Good well, time. those were the three worst films of the year I can't believe I'm that once more time in Hollywood But anyway, those were our <laughs> shit but shit films Now, before we get to our number one It's time to check in with the lot you've heard from mum You've heard from dad <laughs> It's time to chat to another member of the family Anthony! Anthony. <laughs> He's going to tell us a little bit about his year in the realm of pop culture Oh yeah! So you're, uh, as you know, every episode. It's not just us three. Even though we're the ones talking, we're always opposite our amazing sound engineer, designer, composer, maestro, Anthony. And uh, a big goal for us next year is we're going to start having some guests in and stuff, and we're going to start bringing in some friends. So I think probably the first candidate for that will be wonderful Anthony. Hey, don't do. Hello,
5: I'm good. <laughs> That's what he sounds like when he's not at the yes. end of the table. Sorry. Yeah, one of my news resolutions is to bring a fourth microphone to these sessions so that Stanley. I don't have to turn up the volume of everyone else's microphones by like fifteen decibels every time Which you want <laughs> to hear what I'm saying. <laughs> Which one of us is the most annoying to audio engineer, Anthony? Mm. Uh, look, I've got a bit of a workflow now, so you're all like the same annoying. in what I expect you to be. Um, I don't know, you've all got traits. <gasps> Meg Meg sits a perfect distance from the mic I most don't do of that. the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Noah sits a bit too far away, generally, which, but which is often good because he also projects quite a lot yeah, being the does. music theatre boy that he yes is. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, so that's useful. And Eliza, Eliza, like sits, Eliza sits very close to the microphone. Oh, no, and, and I, and I, it'll, I like, always want to touch the it's fine. Anyway, you're all great. You're all doing a great job.
0: Thank you. Very so Well, we thought for our yearly wrap up, we'd we'd let you wax poetic about. Honestly, I t- we were like, maybe you could do your favorite movie or your favorite mm. music. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Because you
5: you knows shit. I well, let's hope so. Um, all right. So for well, I'll I'll start with film. Great. That's why we're here. Indeed. Um, so I reckon I'm just gonna keep it short and sweet and have a good, a medium and a bad film. I love this. Um, And not be like any more specific about that. So I'm going to work. Can you go from bad to medium? That was what I was going to do. So my bad film of the year, I guess you could read it as overrated as well maybe, but Mm -hmm. definitely bad, is Hustlers. Has already been mentioned by some people. Hustlers disappointed me in so many ways. Um, I just thought that the motivations behind uh almost all of the characters made like very little sense in a lot of turning points in the film where they had to like reevaluate themselves. Um, there was a lot of really strange unresolved plot stuff that goes on, like side plot stuff that goes on um, and the lead performance was just so boring. Oh, really so like IMO yeah. Anyway, oh Oh, wow, isn't Jennifer Lopez the lead? No, she's
1: like the mentor lead.
5: She's like the famous side character. Damn, Um, there you go. And uh, yeah, anyway, so that's my bad. That's bad. Um, What does medium mean? Medium is like good but flawed. Okay. Um, so like an honourable mention, possibly kind of thing. Or sort of like you, an honourable. In fact, very much like an honourable mention because it was Meg's honourable mention, oh. which is Smart. Oh, um, which is my medium film of the year. Um, yeah. What did you think? You've been
0: you listened to us as we as we bagged the shit out of. <laughs> so what do you think? Yeah.
5: So well, from what you said, yes. Um, what comes to mind? Meg mentioned the fact that there was uh, an enormous amount of music in the film Mm -hmm. and that she maybe found that a bit distracting Mm -hmm. I think the reason that I didn't mind that as much was that I felt in terms of the pacing of the film the regularity of the music in the first like half to two-thirds really coincided with like the characters not really evaluating themselves and who they are as people and what they actually wanted and like how they related to each other as friends and that sort of stuff it was like fun and upbeat to the point where it didn't allow for lulls and, (laughs) like, for, uh, I guess, like, I don't know, a degree of introspection or, like, questioning of the, like... Like, because the whole film you're set up to see these two main characters as these, like, really intelligent young women who have just decided to, like, you know, go on this side quest in the last night of school and to, like, be, in sarcastic quotation marks, fun for, like, 24 hours. Mm. (laughs) But I think that, like, them deciding to do that in the, like, unquestioning, like, non-reflective way until the end of the film kind of, like, belies the intelligence that the very beginning of the film imbues them with as people. And I found that kind of weird. But it was heaps of fun as a film. And I really enjoyed it. I haven't actually seen Good Boys, which you all have talked about quite a bit, so I can't compare it to that. Mm. I can compare it to Super Bad. Yeah. But um again,
0: just my standard for comedies is that I laugh and when I go that mm. not cool, please make me laugh more.
5: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I hadn't seen that. But um yeah BookSmart was good. But my good film, my favourite film uh, of the year was The Farewell, uh which has Ooh. also been brought up previously. I think it was Meg's number it up. eight yeah. or something. Yeah. Um yeah, I loved this movie. I cried so hard at the end of this movie. Mm. It was just um, the the acting by Aquafina. I thought was incredible, like so sensitive and um, so much like restraint. Um, you're just like the shots and the pacing and the composition of everything in the film just allows for this like stillness which adds both to like the degree of like respect that you feel of this almost like preemptive grief like before someone is dying like the weighing up of a life before it's actually over um, and but also like a lot of tension about like if any of them are actually gonna like spill the beans or whatever about like what her medical diagnosis actually was the grandma um, and yeah, I think I, I have a bit of a theory that it's, it's revealed, I think like two thirds, three quarters of the way through the film, that um, the grandma actually did a similar thing for her husband than is being done for her in this film, which is well, that she knew that she, he had a terminal diagnosis uh, later on in his life and she elected to not tell him about it um and that it's kind of gradually alluded to more throughout the film that this is um well i mean alluded to in the sense that if you're coming to this from a western perspective and not with like a chinese background that this may be new information to you maybe it isn't to many of the listeners but um that this is maybe like quite a considered cultural practice that happens quite a bit And I have this theory that throughout this film, or at least for most of it, the grandma actually does know Mm. what her diagnosis is. And she is playing into that and using it as an opportunity to like bestow values on um, her granddaughter and the others around her and her family. So, So, anyway, that was my top pick of the year. Big pick. Mm. That's
0: very, very cool. Yeah. And did you have. We're going to move into, after we've done our number ones, we're going to move into our triplet in the attics for the year. I was wondering, do you have anything Mm. outside of film that you'd like to tell the folks about?
5: I do. So for anyone listening to this podcast who knows me IRL, um, you will know that whilst I do enjoy films, I feel nowhere near as um, filmically literate as the people that I'm surrounded by currently and who run this podcast. (laughs) The main reason for which is that I am a music person music in every sense like of the word. Music is like your
1: wife, movies are your mistress. <laughs> your
5: yeah, music is like all of my time. I think <laughs> if if you discount when I'm sleeping, I think I probably listen to music more than I don't listen to music Whoa. in my like waking hours. That's crazy. Um, so anyway... Um, I thought that I would take the opportunity, um, for the last moment of the year or the start of uh, 2020 when this will be coming out, yeah. um, to briefly run off some of my favorite music of the year. Fuck yeah, do um, it, I, mean. it All right. Right. I bet I will,
0: I'll tell you if I know one of them.
5: Okay. So I'm going to leave the best one for last. So I'm going to oh, run boy. through 10 very good, but not the best albums of this year and in alphabetical order, not, oh, not in order of goodness. Great. All right, so we've got Angel Olsen Mm -hmm. with All Mirrors. Um, Incredible, like, folksy, but like, swelling orchestral, cinematic, like, folk rock album. Unbelievable arrangements, incredible voice, really great writing, amazing album. Um, Big Thief, a a US indie rock band, Um, they released an album called UFOF, which stands for unidentified flying object friend. Mm. Um, And uh, yeah, it's this like mystical, folky, but like in really subtle ways, slightly electronic album, which is just incredible and like very moving. Um, Brittany Howard, Jamie, um, she's the front woman of a band called Alabama Shakes, which probably quite a lot of people have heard of. Um, Amazing like funk, soul, rock band from the US and she is the front woman and the lead singer and guitarist of that band and she released her first solo album called Jamie this year um, and it is similar but different in all the right ways, I think. Um, my next one is Bon Iver's album I.I. I, um, which came out this year. Um, everything weird and broken in the most like beautiful way that uh, they first sort of uh, dappled with in their previous album, um, 20 to a Million. Uh, they sort of continued along that, but this album feels very like communal to me. They brought a lot of other people in for it and um, I think that really shows. Um, Clara with her album Immunity. Um, Bags is a huge tune, but there's some uh, really other amazing songs on there. Um, some, yeah, like beautiful indie pop stuff uh Floating Points an album called Crush which is some of the most like mind-bending electronic music that is still like quite accessible that I've heard this year just incredible sound design and um so much fun to dance to mm-hmm. um James Blake assume form um I guess he's a pretty big household name at this point so probably doesn't need a lot of explanation I yeah, know you
1: loved uh, him right James Blake,
0: don't you? Oh yeah <laughs> my boy James Blake
2: Yeah It's
0: right? James Blake yeah, James looking James, at me. No music
1: Just because he said like, "Oh, he's like a household name."
0: Oh, oh okay. yeah. I thought that it was like a cool actor. Like, I was like, "Do I do like an impression of that person?" I don't know who that is. <laughs> no, it's okay. again. I t- as I said, I will tell you if I know one of these people, and I do not. Yeah, James James
5: Blake. Um, for Noah's sake, um, is James a, a UK Noah's electronic. Name musician um he's kind of gradually been moving in slightly more of a pop direction but very much like a mainstay of the electronic community um basically since like 2010 defined a lot of the sound in electronic music of this decade i would say um julia jacklin um an australian folk rock artist with her album called crushing um it is the most it is the most like heavy devastating breakup album um Mm -hmm. but it is so well done the writing is just unbelievably intelligent like the just like her way of turning minute details about like everyday life in like from the middle to the end of a relationship basically Mm -hmm. um they're just like so insightful and so clever and the midsummer of music also, it has the best snare sound of any snare that I've heard <laughs> on an album this year, so there's, like, a bonus props for that. Um, now, this is a really weird one. Um, Telefon Tel Aviv um, is a US um, musician uh, who makes, like, really abstract, very interesting electronic music. Um, probably, yeah, the weirdest and like the weirdest but still good album that I've heard this year. Just like unbelievable sound design. Just the whole thing is really like brain melting as an album, Um, but very interesting. Um, Oh, sorry. And that album is called Dreams Are Not Enough. And the last one... Uh, is Tom York's uh, leader of Radiohead uh, his solo album Anima which is probably Which
1: is kind of a movie as well Yeah, it,
5: it is a movie oh. as well which is also available to watch on Netflix oh. and features three of the songs from that album Oh, um, well, that's that Paul Thomas
0: Anderson thing you are yeah. watching Maybe
5: Yeah mention
3: for me. That's
0: fair
1: okay. Hi, Retroactive honorable mention
5: And he also co-stars in it with his partner and um it's very good so yes good uh music album and visual album i guess but my best album of 2019 is fk twigs's magdalene it is astoundingly good in every department um sound design composition depth of conceptual framework behind it it's based around the historical figure mary magdalene Um, and it sort of tells like it looks at relationships and like ways of uh, women relating to men specifically in like romantic contexts and sort of like juxtaposes that against like the patriarchal like aggressiveness and like the capacity for men typically to be writing history about historic women and or in a present context to be able to sort of almost like have the definitive say of what a relationship was like, or something, particularly yeah, when you're a, cool. particularly when you're a celebrity like she is, and she's oh. in the public eye because the album is sort of effectively about her breakup with Robert Pattinson, hmm. um, who has been mentioned today as yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just amazing. Um, has Nicholas Ja does production on some of it. Skrillex does production on some of it. It features Future. It's got everything. You c- and also has the best music video of 2019 Cellophane. for Cellophane, yeah. which is her having taught herself to pole dance specifically to make this album, and uh, it's unbelievable. So yeah, fucking oh well, John, that was
0: absolutely insane.
1: That Look was
5: terrible. really hectic. Petition
1: for a podcast spin-off.
5: <laughs> yeah. well, what would it of be? Twin
0: discs. Oh. oh, you've
1: already planned this. you just no, I literally just it thought is. of that. Okay, okay. God,
0: It all <laughs> makes sense now. Yeah. Do
1: we have anything else to say or are we getting onto our number one?
0: We're we we're, we're doing our number ones oh, and then we'll do a triple in the next after that. It's it's number one time, fellas. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs>
1: I believe we're finally
3: finally here we at number
0: one it's this been is, chunky yeah, it's, it's been, been really a day heavy.
3: Folks. it's it's been a day Meg,
0: what's your favorite film of 2019
3: my favorite film i will flag that this is probably very much influenced by the fact that it's so fresh but probably very obviously to the both of you yeah sorry god get off my back <laughs> wow okay just say it my we number one is. is Marriage Story. It's yeah. You know what? You see right through me. <laughs> you see right through me. Wait, anyway. well,
0: I don't really have to say through you. You told us ever since you saw it. You kept saying it was, it's my favourite of the year. It's, it three gonna, three it's my favourite of the year and I it's going to be at the top of my list. I had
3: such a, just like a visceral re- reaction to this film. I saw it. It's on Netflix. It's been released on Netflix, but I saw it in cinemas. I saw it with my friend Ewan and I sobbed. For like, it was so weird. It was like I would sob for like two minutes and then completely stop crying and laugh because it was because so, it's kind of in little vignettes, sort of like that's how it's edited in this nice like scenic way. I don't know. That's how Noah does it. Bound back or whatever. Um, and yeah, I couldn't I couldn't get over the fact that the film can take you from like such a uh, intimate domestic moment that's like a really like, interesting way of showing how Adam Driver's character is trying to relate to his son now that his son doesn't see his dad's like house as his home and mm. things like that. It has this incredible moment, tense moment, where Adam Driver slices his arm and it is completely devastating. Um, and yeah, I, I just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. Um, the final, um, big, um, big part of like big prose from Adam Driver. He's reading out Scarlett Johansson's letter from when they were um, trying to do a mediation and Adam Driver's performance is so stirring. I think the only thing that I can criticise this film for is how Scarlett Johansson at the very end ties his shoelace. I just, she tied a shoelace wrong? No, 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 not, not <laughs> how she does it, I that she does, does it. Was all, <laughs> no, exactly. really I, it. I didn't need it. I didn't need it. Just
1: because you thought it was like infantilizing that she was like his mom. Yeah, or something? Yeah, she sort of what? like
3: taps his foot. She's like, off you go. And it, it was just weird. Not weird. It, it brought me out of it. Because just prior it to funny. it, there was a nice moment where Adam Driver's like picked up his son. And um, Scarlett Johansson wants to say goodbye to him. So she sort of hugs the son. But she's also sort of hugging Adam Driver. And it's yeah. just like a nice like physical um, moment. It's like an interesting way of showing that sort of like division, but also the union of being parents and the things. The ones you both really loved each other. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought that would have been an interesting enough thing to finish on. I didn't need it. But it didn't detract from it being my number one pick. It was my favourite movie of the year that was.
0: <laughs> oh, stunning. Oh, oh, my gosh. I can't even argue with that. I think that that's beautiful. Anyway, you're right. It is such a gorgeous film. My number one film of the year is... I'm really confident about this one, actually. It's... um. I think about – uh, as opposed to you with Marriage Story, Meg, like Us doesn't feel fresh in my mind. Us is a film that I obviously uh, saw way earlier in the year. I saw it in cinemas four times with different really? groups of people. Oh, my God. Yeah, I saw it so many different times. And it just has everything that is so important to me in in a film that I hold close to, like, what my great movies for me are. It's, um, it's horrifying – and it, uh, it 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 made me feel furious and it made me feel so passionately for these characters. And um, as, as Eliza kind of touched on, I love the mythology of this film. I love the idea that horror is a realm now where because of these big successes, we are going build a new uh, monster, build a new movie monster and build a crazy story that surrounds them. Um, and I think... That Jordan Peele he really just does it again here in a way that's kind of more compelling to me than Get Out. Get Out's quite a clean, terrific masterpiece of a film, but there is an element to it of that it doesn't feel like my film. Like we've yeah. talked before about how it's the film of a decade, but it's not for me probably. That? Whereas Us, I love that it's more element like it's more it's more universal in its themes about like how there's always someone on top and that like how we not only put people below us but we privilege off of their pain and it's like you can take so many different things from this this film that yeah I just I've been thinking about mm. it all year and it I uh, go okay, yeah I don't know I don't, know, I don't even Do have you the words to say when a
1: movie's imperfect like that it means you there's more room for you to latch I into am it a big, that's more relatable I'm in some way I'm a
0: big person for, it comes down to this podcast a lot of like the ambition of something I love like seeing the love that someone's put into something and the flaws that it it kind of create creates like us has a few moments that are m- like that muddy the central power of what it's trying to deliver. There's a bit with um, uh, narrative conveyed through news footage that essentially again gonna spoil the show. Um, the final shot of this movie is exactly what it should be of the camera panning over the hills of uh, America, and we see that the line of tethered stretches across the country. Uh, <laughs> and it is such a reveal, but it's already kind of spoiled because in this news footage, they say like, oh, it's happening in like in like New York and, blah, yeah, and like all it across America kind of gives it away a bit. Um, but yeah, it's a film that I just feel I, I, I felt so passionately about this film like I didn't with any other. Mm. Uh, I think it so cleanly tells exactly the story it's trying to tell about what it is to live on top. And ignore the demons and the privilege that you have and pretend it's not there. And what happens if that privilege was like you were face-to-face with it and it was saying like we're not going to sit underneath anymore. Mm-hmm. Literally underground. Mm. So my favourite film of 2019 was Jordan Peele's Us.
3: Cool. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I know what yours is going to be. I don't. You know what I do? I yeah. This is the last
1: movie I saw a myth this year. Yeah. It's a movie that made me cry the most, which already like innately that means it's going to be on this list. But... Um, The movie Portrait of a Lady on Fire by the French filmmaker Céline Sciamma. I think it's one of the most recent, like, perfect films I have seen. Like, there's bits in this movie that I don't think I understand yet, but nothing about its technical accomplishments, its acting, its story and its use of the female gaze is flawed to me in any way. I just think, like, this movie almost feels like this immaculate object. And Mm. I'm scared to watch it again because I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, what if some of that power goes away? But I'm also so excited to watch it again and again and again because Mm. I just think it's, like, breathtakingly beautiful. Wasn't it...
3: um, Beautiful. Isn't it that she's sitting for a portrait and... Yeah, so the
1: plot is this um, aristocratic young woman and a portrait painter Mm. enter into this romantic relationship when the painter is called to... Um, the woman's house Mm. and told that she has to kind of secretly paint a portrait of this woman and the portrait is in the film depiction is a way for you to be sold off and to lose your power because the reason she's painting this portrait is so that the portrait can be sent to this eligible guy so that she can be married off okay whereas in the movie the direction of the film is so empowering and it's Wow. Just, like, oh, going, b- being seen as it is through, like, an artist's lens. Like, it's not just directed with the female gaze by a female director and cinematographer, Claire Mathon. It's also in-story. It's about a female artist. Mm. And it's I've never seen a movie like that where the aesthetic of the film was so bonded to the story about how art and looking at each other and being mm. a witness to someone and really loving them, mm. um, yeah, can really, like, change your, your entire life. Yeah, wow. And, like, I I felt so, like, charmed by, yeah. by this movie. And by the end of it, I was, like, such a mess. Wow. That's so gorgeous.
0: Good one. So portrait, portrait of Lady on Fire. Marriage Story and Us, I'm congrats. such a
3: basic bitch.
0: Are you kidding? Me? My list, I was going to say, Mine's I love so, I hate hearing.
3: Wise she's so smart.
0: <laughs> she's very clever. Well Mine's like, oh, my, I really liked Marriage Story. Yeah, no, it's gorgeous. I, everyone's list. I was going to say, I think I think a, a great part of our show is we have a wide scope of cinema. I feel well, we so bad. We leave every base want, covered.
3: I had one international movie. Oh, whatever. No, I feel like I, it makes me want to see more... Um,
0: Movies I've had more Branched out years Than this year Like I was thinking Like two years ago That was a big year But like my list I was like Good for you Noah And this year I'm like I saw Mm -hmm. Like every single horror film that was in cinemas And and that's all my list is (laughs) Yeah Which is fine That's what it should be Good for us Well done guys Now to move Into Triplet in the Attic Let's let him down (gasps) One last time For the year It's time to bring down our little triplet that lives in the attic, the part of the show where we talk about anything that isn't a movie, literally, and usually we talk about how it pairs with our twin picks. but because we've done 10 picks,
1: We have talked about, like, over 50 movies. Well, we so have, so, many so many fucking movies. <laughs> oh what
0: we've done for this one, so this is our triplet in the attic for the year. So that mm. is something from 2019 that you discovered... That isn't a movie that everyone needs to know about. Yeah. So that's essentially your favourite thing from this year or just like a random thing that you need people to know about from this year that isn't a movie. Okay. Actually, it can be a movie, but then you would have mentioned it. No, it just, <laughs> yeah, it, you would have already talked about it. You would have it. talked about it. Just, yeah. Uh, Meg, what's your triplet in the attic for 2019?
3: Okay. My triplet in the attic, I'm following in Anthony's footsteps. I um, am going to pick an album hmm. that I came across in January of this year. And that I listened to all like throughout the whole year, and it still resonates with me. I'm like a chronic overplayer of songs. Like I listen to a song until yeah, it's ruined. Really um, and I did that with this album, this entire album, um, and it's still going and it's still kicking around. And I love it so much so that I'm planning on getting <gasps> a tattoo wow. I just feel I two two to do years, with oh it. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful! So my um, if I don't get this tattoo now, everyone's gonna be like. What the hell? (laughs) You're a liar. Anyway, um, my trivalet in the attic for 2019 is Mitski's album, Be the Cowboy. I love this album so much. It like, 2019 was a pretty shitty year for me personally. No, like that's, it was just like a hard, like it's just like a busy year and it was like tiring and stuff. And this album was so huge in like, just being really like, I don't know, comforting and yeah, cool. It just sort of taught me like, yeah, you can be the cowboy. So, yee yeah, that's my pick.
0: That's a great pick. <laughs> Thank that's you. I love that. I love being the cowboy. Mm. The phrase, I don't know what that music is at all. <laughs> yeah. so I was going to get that tattoo mm. while, when I was in Sydney, and then Meg got angry I was at like, me. no, you like, can't we have to get, all get, that get it tattoo. together. And I was like, oh, okay. And now you're getting it on your own.
3: No, we're all going to get it, I think.
0: Yeah, we're all just going to get it at different points, aren't we?
3: Why'd you guys jump on my tattoo so quick? Oh, damn!
0: I just like the <laughs> phrase be the "cowboy." I don't know what it means. I like cowboys. You know that? Yeah. Yeah, good I good think delicious. it's
1: nice. It's like be the protagonist. Yeah. Well, yeah. In your story, telling you me be the the like get my shit together. When you watch
0: like yeah Clint Eastwood in a cowboy movie, you're like, damn, that boy knows yeah. what he's doing. He's in control. Just be the cowboy every day.
1: I'm
3: not the bad. I'm not the ugly. I'm and the he, good. He I'm he the like cowboy. Has yeah. Some tea on this. Oh, and break your heart. Oh no, it's but gonna be bad. Be the cowboy. No, I knew that. I just I like, came she across it this year. year. Yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah. It's just like a Ooh. thing you
2: find
3: in the year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> I don't was worry. so scared you were going to say. I thought you we were going to say Fear Spe- the cowboy is actually a um, really horribly dumb. racist. Racist. <laughs> 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 like.
0: Oh <my> Anthony <gasps> speaks on the podcast one time. Now <laughs> so suddenly I'm the right. bloody co-host. Left or right? Ridiculous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Eliza.
0: Oh, I get okay. it.
2: Oh. All right. Oh. Uh,
0: just yeah. torn.
1: I was gonna say, I've, there's a lot of stuff that's characterized my year. Um, I love the TV show Succession, best show I've seen this year. The TV show Watchmen. I loved oh, the love. Reddit subreddit, Our relationship. God, Eliza, you're obsessed with Our relationship advice. It. And
0: our, really am good? I
2: the
1: asshole? Just because I love reading obsessed. people's personal drama, it's so. Oh, so good. good. I, I,
0: I have multiple times tried to get into the Reddit thread thing, but I don't know how to use Reddit. I don't know to use Reddit. I need you to send me I'll a bunch f- of things. Mm. Yeah. Oh
1: God. Okay. Um, But I think I'm going with a music one as well because Spotify mm-hmm. showed me that I've listened to Lana Del Rey's Norman Fucking Rockwell yeah. for like 15 hours or something. Yeah, do you remember when you were
3: just like sitting in your room in the dark you <laughs> I in your I have shoes. a friend like, who didn't. This is fucking sad.
0: <laughs> I have a friend who didn't come out with us once because he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna. I like, need to listen, need to, to, listen to it today," oh. and he just like. Same. Maybe I mean, on the like day you
1: came enough. out and I was listening to it You came into my room and you are like All you want to do, it's a beautiful day outside And all you want to do is sit inside and listen to Lana Del Rey And suffer, suffer, suffer <laughs> <This is>
3: so <laughs> funny <laughs> Why do I sound like an 80 year old? <laughs> That's so weird Why is yeah. it so good Eliza?
0: Oh it's I so good I don't know anything, no you have to tell me No one doesn't it's listen just to me. music so Yeah lovely. I know I, I, I'm, Educate so me, me. teach it, me it. At yeah. least yeah. you're not
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Willfully ignorant um, yeah. It's real girl power all of her albums and I think this one feels grander mm. and I think a bit more honest than some, some of her other albums. Like she's mm. always written about how tricky it is to be a woman and try and follow your head and be like this cool person while still really wanting to give yourself over to love and like mm. that's a common theme in so much of the art I love, like Portrait of Lady on Fire, mm. like Jane Eyre, like yeah. all this stuff that really matters to me. And this album is her being... Like, it's like she's – I don't want to be patronising me, be like, wow, she's really growing up. But in this album she's kind of, like, spitting back at the love interest in the album and, like, it opens – the opening lyric of the album is, Goddamn man, child, you fucked me so good I almost said I love you. And the whole album is her being like, oh, I actually think the person I'm in love with is, like, does cause a lot of trouble. And, like, how do you – to terms with that, maybe you're with someone that's not very good or nice. <laughs> oh
2: my god, but you still wow. love him a lot. It's amazing.
1: I don't want to say that, like, I have a boyfriend at the moment. I feel like, who uh-huh.
0: that, he'll be like everyone's like, oh, What did he do? What did I
1: do? <laughs> yeah. no,
0: I, I, like, I don't
1: relate to it that that personally, but
0: but you think the things that raises as well. Yeah, really I just cool. think it's
1: really interesting for her coming from always writing about romance and being this helpless girl, he's like, yeah. yes, Daddy, I love you. Like, yeah, it's interesting seeing her becoming more critical and also becoming more happy with herself, I think. It's so cool. Fuck yeah, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, got the swearing's been off the wall, hasn't it? Yeah. Oh, sorry, Mum. Sorry, so Dad. Sorry, in oh, front. Yeah, we're <laughs> tired. But we're going out with a bang because I love my triplet in the attic. I was thinking of possibly saying, like, there's some board games this year that have done what all great board games should do of, like, whenever I catch up with certain groups of friends, they're like, oh, you have to bring it. One in particular called oh. Unmatched Battle of Legends. My, it's like a skirmishing card game that I have a group of friends now that, like, we have, like, a little tournament ranking going. Uh-huh. Like, it, we literally, like, we play as different heroes and battle. It's so much fun. Just dorky fun. But what I will recommend is I thought, you know what, what is, what was my 2019? Did you 2019? not just recommend that? No. Well, I said, well, I just like Eliza just did. I oh, said, I think it wasn't <laughs> my go thing. Go um, Just, like, I was like, what was my 2019? It was, and I'm like, honestly, like, I was trying to go, like, all pretentious, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, no, it was just a year where I was like, re- I found, like, happiness. And I felt, like, being really happy. Aww. And I found like
3: god brag much
0: yeah well, fuck you <laughs> i had a great year i really yeah um, yeah i just found things i've been looking for for a long time so i was like what made me really fucking happy this year um, i did lots of laughing this year so my triple in the attic is uh, an Instagram is go aside and laugh just laugh no just laugh. <laughs> um, it is Um Cole Escola Instagram. Cole Escola Instagram so funny did, and, I um, knew that's what you're gonna pick so he's an Instagram uh, he's a hilarious American comedian his name's is Cole Escola and but I am my triple in the attic is. A series of Instagram stories he did called What I've Accomplished This Decade. (laughs) Essentially, it's a response to somebody did a tweet that said, there's only one month left in the decade. What have you accomplished? And it's just like it's so weird. multiple videos of him pretending to be this like really eccentric character that's lived for ages. And it's like, yeah, yeah well, you, you know what I always say? like If you look back, all you get is a sprained neck. That's what I said to Nancy Sinatra at the Vietnam Memorial. She slapped me. <laughs> <laughs> so it just goes He's for like, so long. It's
3: so funny. He's like, yes, Ronald Reagan did ignore AIDS, but he was fiercely passionate about nice restaurants. <laughs>
0: so He's funny. He's fiercely passionate about nice restaurants. Let's talk about rain. <laughs> it's water. <laughs> yeah. it, I, I hear it's water. Oh, it, it is Jeez, so, so funny. funny. So go on Cole Escola. I thought it'd be hard to find, but go on Cole Escola's Instagram. And then in his highlights reel, we'll it the it's notes. the first thing it says accomplishments. Kay. It is the funniest. I've not laughed that much this year at anything. Yeah. That's my triplet in the attic That's for the beautiful.
2: year. Guys. What about Guys. the podcast? That
1: oh, was it any of y'all's triplet?
0: This podcast. Yeah. yeah. How
1: yeah. nice has it been? Podcast
0: Oh, as the Yeah, that's yeah. pretty
1: cringy to be yeah. like my own media. Hasn't this I been made.
0: fun? I've had so much fun. God, this I really, has been look a really forward mammoth. to it. We thought maybe we should talk a bit about like what like we're thinking about going ahead, like going to the future. Yeah. You know? Like we've We've already kicked off with, we have lots of different types of episodes we've been doing. I think a big thing I'm excited for is to start bringing in friends. Yeah, we're
3: going yeah, to bring in more bring guests a, and a, stuff this year. We're so excited to do guests.
0: that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah. And we're going to start, yeah, we'll, we can maybe correlate some things with some fun dates. Like We'll do something for Easter. We could maybe hop for Easter. Oh, um, no, we okay. could not do that. We'll, we'll think more yeah, about that. Yeah, we
1: should that. do the Persian of the Christ and...
0: Last temptation of Christ. Christ. Oh, we could do Jeff Superstars too. Yeah, we could. Anyway, yeah, I've had the best time doing this with, with my sisters. It's I really so hope this episode fun. isn't
3: just like unlistenably long. Yeah, I feel like it will be. I'm so sorry, guys. I don't think
0: so. I think we If you've made it this far, I'm going to say so it on the podcast, I think we're too afraid of runtime. I don't think we. Obviously, episodes shouldn't go for this long, but I think if you've got thoughts, you should. we should say them. As usual, I'd actually love the people's feedback on. Oh my god, yeah, we're just making it.
1: Listeners, let us. know. Yeah,
0: listeners, let us. Let know. us know. Because I like, yeah, I think sometimes we have thoughts and we're scared to say them because we're like, don't want to go for too long. Yeah, but yeah, and I want to give a big thank you thank to you, the most selfless Anthony. man in the room, Anthony. Yeah. He does it all Ooh, for quite literally nothing. You treat us so nothing. right. have ruined us for us so good. Men. He deals with us coming to recording sessions hungover with uh, no voice yeah. and being annoying and rushing and stuff and he deals with it all uh, with a smile and yep. a music recommendation. Yeah, Thank you so much. And Good yes, job, as we said, thank you to all of you. Please keep listening. Tell a friend. Email us at twimpixpodcast at gmail.com for any suggestions or inquiries or anything yeah. and please keep listening into uh, 2020 because we've got lots of great stuff in store. Thanks everybody. Thanks for we, Bye. We'll always be to get Chang Chang Changity Chang We've that.
3: never ever spoken about Greece New race. Year's
1: Eve song the What's that? Our old
3: Oh they do that in Sex in the City I don't know All what that is road. You know at the end of it, It's a Wonderful Life
0: I am woman Hear me wrong No no. out uh, <laughs> Make sense Sex in the City Bye Bye